You know, we say the prophet Isaiah, I do too, <laughs> but actually as I understand the matter, there, there's the prophet Isaiah, there are three prophets Isaiah in three different centuries, which seems to me pretty good proof they were three different people, the major writers called cuttingly 1st Isaiah, 2nd and 3rd Isaiah. We've just heard 3rd Isaiah now. And they're from each from different periods. Uh, warning about what would happen, then the exile, and then the return from exile, and therefore with different themes. And that's what I'd like us to notice today. Uh, the matter that life has many phases and times and seasons. And sometimes we, uh, we see a picture of a person as a photograph and we think that's that person and that's it. That's all there is. But actually, people are a series of photographs and they're really more than that emotion picture. We all are. We all are. You can know a person of great promise or talents that give great hope, and then you ask another person who's run into them how it, how it turned out, and sometimes you find out a sword, and sometimes you find it went into a ditch. And so all kinds of things take place and no single snapshot does any of this, does any of this justice. And so different prophets Isaiah, the all known together as the prophet Isaiah, dealt with the people of God under different circumstances, facing different things and needing different messages. And often we simply um, run on fumes. You know, not much gas in the car, spirituality or talking to God, when at different times, different days, different hours of the day, Certainly on Mondays, we need different messages. We need different kinds of encouragement. And that's certainly an important thing. And so if you or I think of our lives, the important thing to hear is today's gospel, the matter of, uh, the matter of being sent forth to bear the message of the good news uh, to others, to all the world, indeed to all the world. I had someone in confession yesterday who said to me, Father, I'm very grateful for the fact you often mention that we have to be missionaries to ourselves. We have to tell ourselves that we deserve the good news. Many a person I have met who feel that uh, some sin is unconfessable, not that person, and uh, haven't gone to confession, and then they think they're unforgivable, and so on and so forth. They begin to think that they, rather than having made a mistake, they are a mistake and they should end the, end the farce which is wrong, it's sin in its own right. It's important not only to love God, but let God love you, ask for forgiveness, but then accept the forgiveness. It's important to love others, but let others love you. And so the matter of being sent forth, that's no small thing. If you think of it, sometimes the people will say, I accepted Christ as my savior, sort of forgetting all the rest of the church, all the other people solidarity with others, within the faith and without our brothers and sisters, whether or not they share the faith. How important that larger vision. How important, therefore, going forth to tell everyone the good news, let it not just be for me or extend in my circle, but have a far larger version because no one encounters Christ without the church. And who's the church? Us. And if we're not there, if we don't let ourselves be sent, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Now, when I mentioned to you at first that there are uh, three Isaiahs making up who were separate composers of the book, I, I'd like to invoke two for you if you get a chance to do reading during the summer to get a good copy of the Bible. It's a great Catholic Bible, New American Bible, and a study edition. 
And just to get at home with that, find out where things are, find your favorite passages. But also to remember that the Bible, although it looks like a book, is a book of books, is a book of books. And they're books from different periods, almost from the Stone Age on. And so even Genesis has several different, different uh, writers from several different periods with several different aims in view. And how important to be aware of that, the work one has to do. The fathers of the church, the early fathers, so the folks standing in the windows there, they uh, had trouble interpreting the Old Testament because there's so many disparate views and almost oppositional decrees. And so they finally came to realize, uh, do you know which father it was who came up with a brilliant interpretive key? That the Bible in its stages is a sample caught in amber of God's pedagogy of the human race. That in different periods, we were at different levels of education, understanding, and culture, and God had to adapt himself to each of us in each of those different cultures at each of those times. And so thus we find those contradictions within Scripture because he's speaking to us at different times. I always think of it whenever I hear of the sacrifice of Isaac, the attempted sacrifice of Isaac. If that doesn't make it clear, I can't imagine what could. God has to start with what people think is religious in that culture, and then having captured their attention, they wouldn't think God religious if he didn't go along with that idea, then tell them, don't ever do that. He had to catch them where they were at. If you speak to people not where they're at, you'll have an empty room. And God always wants to catch our attention. And so then in the matter of being sent forth, it's a superb example of again enlarging our world, our worldview, our understanding of self, who we are and what we're to be. Many are the people who go through life without having lived it because they never figured out what they were born for. You all know the story of the two important dates in your life, your birthday and the day you figure out why you're here. And one of the central things was just told us. We had the answer. Maybe we didn't think to make you ask the question beforehand so you would hear the answer. A great point of the School of Education. Don't give people answers if you haven't told them there's a question first. We all know people, by the way, who have all the answers but don't know any of the questions. It's a similar sort of inverse example. And so the matter of seeing that we are here to help other people and bring them to life to the full height, breadth, and depth of the good news, what God wants them to be. Christ came into the world not simply for you and me, but for everyone else. And so we're here to share with them the great good news. And we're to become attuned with it so it isn't an oddity, an anomaly, if we're telling people good news and we haven't heard it ourselves. We also have to be missionaries to ourselves. You know the old line where the person said to another person, I don't think it's fair, but I'm going to share it with you because i got to keep your attention, and this shows you the depths I have to stoop to just to keep your attention. Are you ready? If you're happy, could you please tell your face? If you're happy, could you please tell your face? One more time. If you're happy, could you please tell your face? The message hasn't gotten out everywhere, even within us, even within this sphere. And this is a rather large sphere. <laughs> you know, hasn't gotten around. A lot of work to do to get around. But then the matter of the sphere out there. Our family, our workplace, our recreational places, and all the people who we meet. 
so that it is important to love everyone just as a general policy. So perhaps, again, not having been missionarized, evangelized, we say, well, let me think about that. Do I really want to be a Christian? Well, this is what poor Pope, good Pope Francis faces. He's trying to get us to become a Christian, and everybody's screaming bloody murder about it. Who does he think he is? By what right? Well, that's the whole idea. Catholics, we're Christians. We're supposed to be Christian. And so that matter of loving everyone is not necessarily easy, but we would look very stupid if we didn't. So that we don't walk out down the street and say, well, now I have to decide whether I'm going to be nice to this person or not. It is, I assure you, far easier just to decide to be nice to everyone. Because that's not what they are, that's who you are. That's who I am, that's who you are. Now let me tell you, lest you think this be a criticism, I know so many of you and see so many of you from different angles, different places, different days. And I know what gems you are. I know people whom you don't realize saw your goodness and the hope that was in you bounced off of them and got them thinking into literally a conversion because of the good you've done. I know people you've encouraged and didn't even realize you were doing it. I know people in the future who need your encouragement, maybe even now. You know, there are people who did you good, who may soon be gone from this world, whom you have a chance to thank. And that, thank will give, that thanks to them now, today, will give you a glow ever after. That you're finally able to do the handshake, to get a hold of that person and say, all that they meant to you, and the difference that they made in your life. The difference that they made in your life. And then that sets up the hope and the understanding and the promise what a difference you and I could make in other people's lives as well. As we step into positions of leadership or simply calling people on the phone or simply being civil, which in some places and times and cultures, I regret to say, is a novelty or a lost culture or a civilization people read about but can't believe ever existed. How important for us to be truly Christian and to be truly loving and to be sent forth by the Lord God who so loved the world that he sent his only son. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.